Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and it helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. be the intro to this. No, it's absolutely the intro to this podcast. All right, my name is Charlie Ungemach. I'm the founder and curator of Gird Up. We got the broadcast today uh, with me. Connor Herter. And Bryce Guzzi. Awesome. And our special guest today. Uh, Joel Shawey. Awesome. Joel, give us the one-minute elevator intro. Who's Joel Shawey? <clears throat> well, you see, uh, Joel Shawey is a pastor track man at the seminary. Uh, I I hail from Janesville, Wisconsin. Been there for a couple of years. Um, I am really interested in sports. Um, I watch a lot of sports, NBA, NFL. I like to play soccer, play basketball, play baseball. Um, I am musical. I play piano, play trumpet. Are you are you all Wisconsin teams for your for your pro sports? <clears throat> I I am a Packer fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I I grew up in California for a bit, um, so I could have said that too. So I I'm a, like a Golden State Warriors fan because okay. okay. they're really good, and <laughs> I like Steph Curry. What part of, What part of California did you grew up in? Uh, it's a town called Clovis, which is right outside of Fresno, hmm. middle of the state. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you, that's a fair, it's a fair, um, it's okay to be a Golden State fan. Yeah, you're not a bandwagon. Yeah. Well, you might be, but it doesn't really matter. No. And, you know, <laughs> even if I was, I could just say... Say that you're not. That, yeah. yeah. Are either of your right. parents called workers? My father is a pastor. Mm-hmm. My mom's a teacher. And, yeah, dad's pastor in Janesville. Mom okay. teaches up okay. in Fort Atkinson. <clears throat> when did you guys move to Janesville? We moved Thanksgiving two years ago. So, oh, wow. so this okay. is recent. It'll be, yeah, it'll be almost two years. Does I'm curious about this. Um, does Janesville feel like home, or not? Not really. No. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, you know, going to a boarding school ever since freshman year of high school. Yeah. You know, I suppose living far away is 
it's hard to kind of feel at home when you're only there for three months of the year. Did you for feel? Sure, sure. Did you feel at home in California? Like, where, how old are you when you guys moved out to California? Uh, fifteen. So I technically grew up in the Seattle area. Okay. Oh, so okay. Is, okay. would you when you think about like your hometown? Do you think about Seattle, or? I think it's a little bit of Seattle and California. Uh, high school age, you know, definitely more of like uh, life changing stuff going on yeah, so i formative think, years yeah <laughs> so i think of california that way but uh a lot of cool stuff from from my younger years too in seattle that i like to yeah like to remember part of the reason that i ask is I, we moved when i was going into eighth grade and so it's just that we moved at least to the part of the world that my parents both grew up in so it's like the i want to say ancestral family yeah. area or whatever yeah. but it's not really my hometown Mm-hmm. And so it's always a little like I always tell people I grew up in Lacrosse and then went to high school in Kenosha because that's really all that's only mm-hmm. the time I spent there. Uh, but my grand both sets of grandparents are from the Kenosha area, so it's a little different. I was just curious. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't really know exactly what to say when people ask like where I'm from. So yeah, or like I, when they ask like for the for the seminary chorus, they're like, "What's your hometown?" Right. Yeah. It's I like, just well, uh, <laughs> Mequon. Yeah, Mequon. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, the longest I've ever lived in one spot was when I was a kid. We were in lacrosse, I think, for nine years. Um, but then I was only in, you know, the Antioch area, Kenosha area for high school. And then I was only in Milwaukee for six years. And in those six years, I lived in seven different houses. <laughs> so, yeah that's, yeah, that's difficult. Yeah, it's a lot of moving around. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Sometimes, I don't know. It's just, uh, just something I think about sometimes. Not, yeah. People talk about like going to their you know, family, like staying in the bedroom they slept in as a kid and things right. like that. And that I've never experienced that. It's kind of an oh. interesting thing. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. This week, oh, we started out with shout outs and uh, shout outs or thank yous if you've got any. Yeah, I'm going to. Okay, so in order to understand my shout out, you have to understand <clears throat> a bit of the backstory. So yesterday I went down to Kenosha actually to witness the reaffirmation of a baptism of a friend of mine named Bucky. Uh, they were up from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and when I went to the reaffirmation of the baptism, there was probably maybe thirty to fifty people there. Not not a whole lot of people, but clearly a not a lot of them hadn't been to church in a while, and so when. They started playing the first hymn. I, having been so used to the seminary, you know, chapel experience and having to shout just to have my voice be a part of <laughs> the rest of the people singing, uh, I started singing my little heart out, and I realized it was me and one other guy singing. So shout out to that one other guy, Bucky's dad, <laughs> that was singing with me during during uh, service. And I just had to keep reminding myself, I'm like, you're praising the Lord, you're praising the Lord. Like, let, let your voice be heard. And I, it's super uncomfortable for me, but there was only two of us really singing that entire time. So shout out Bucky's dad. That's awesome. What you got, Bryce? Well, I guess I'll give my shout out this week to Kyle Lindemann. Um, recently, well, not recently, I guess, but, um, he gave me a promo code for an app called prize picks, which is sports betting. And now I gotta, now I gotta shout out the whole group. So it's me, Kyle Lindemann, Joel Shawey, and Caleb Westra. We all do this thing together where we sports bet and we win money. So it's kind of cool. There's Have all you kinds won money yet? Yeah, yeah. There's all okay. kinds of way to pay for your time here at the seminary. <laughs> <laughs> Some are different than others. 
One more than I've lost. So okay, <laughs> one more than you lost. So you're in the you're in the black at least. That means you're not negative. You're net you're positive, the, not you're net in the negative. Red, you're isn't, in that the, isn't that the green? Like it's what? green and red. No, like no, on a, a what? <laughs> what? No, like in a ledger back in the day when you actually had to use a. Have you ever used an adding calculator? What is a calculator? <laughs> it's an app on your phone now. <laughs> okay, back in the day, if you were keeping the books and like writing down everything that came in and out, like all the money that went in and out, or if you were using an adding machine um, to keep track, like as an accountant, anytime you were negative, it would use red ink. Or in your ledger, if you're in debt, you use red ink. So then if you say, I'm in the red, it means you're in debt. You're losing money instead of gaining money. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not in the red. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. It's pretty now cool. Now they just use things like parentheses to indicate whether or not yeah. you're in the Oh, man. We got our financial aid back for the seminary, and uh, I misread it. <laughs> and I was very, very upset yeah. until it was pointed out to me that I was misreading it. And then I was very, very pleased <laughs> and it was but I, I was having a little bit of a meltdown for a couple minutes there <laughs> joel you got anybody you want to shout out today i want to shout out my mom uh classic she she helped me out a lot this week by giving me some frozen chili nice and Ooh. can keep it in my freezer and i didn't have to buy lunch today nice i saw you cooking it up down yeah. there yeah yeah that's nice yeah sweet it's a humbling experience on the weekends here when when you don't have Ginny's cooking and then all of a sudden you're on your second hot pocket of the day. And you're like, ooh, this is not that great. Yeah, I was cooking up a storm this weekend, but I don't usually do that. So it was nice to I actually it was fun to do just cook a little bit. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I got two shout outs. One uh the official shout out and then the unofficial shout out here. So the unofficial shout out is just to the guys at the seminary. I know it's a little cheesy or whatever to keep shouting everybody out, but um, it's there's a lot of places in the world where you talk about brotherhood and it's just kind of a line, right? Um, whether it's on a on an athletic team job or site, yeah, yeah job site, like oh this company's a family, like, yeah. <laughs> okay buddy, yeah. Um, but around here at the seminary, honestly, I came in a little bit skeptical. Um, everybody's calling each other brother, I just kind of rolled my eyes about it. Um, but more and more and more so in the the sectional you guys threw, yeah, you were part of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sectional you guys threw last night. Um, kind of ingrained it even more in me. Um, just that everybody actually takes that seriously and walks that out around here, um, or at least for the most part. Um, nobody's ever perfect, right? Yeah. And so there is always a little. There's always a little tension, just because there is. That's what the way humans are, right? Uh, but for the more than any other time of my life or experience of my life, including athletics through the years, um, you can I can actually feel that. Uh, brotherhood and feel the love um, in a way that I never had before. So that's a really kind of special experience for me. I really like that and enjoy that. I mean, you, everything from just like checking up, hey, man, you got mail, um, to like real talk thing. Like somebody will pop in. Like if you don't go to a social event or something, right. somebody will pop into your room and be like, hey, what's going on? I didn't see you at, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, or if you had, you know, if you had a rough class or whatever, somebody's checking on you at lunch. Mm-hmm. There is no, there is no on your own. Um, unless you decide you want it to be that way. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, the official shout-out today goes to Mr. Bonface Marumbo, um, who lives in Kenya. Uh, he's been reaching out. He's been listening to the podcast, reached out to us, um, and they are asking for prayers, um, but also trying to get a church organized over there in rural Kenya. So nice. um, it's a town... It's a town, it sounds like, of about 10,000 people, and they've been worshiping in a house, and they're trying to get 
uh, set up as an organized church. So, That's so cool. Um, Keep those guys in your prayers. Uh, obviously, in uh, there's been some violence just around the world um, again recently. So things going on in like Israel, uh, things also still going on in Sudan. Um, and uh, first of all, it's cool that we have people listening in those That's places. Fantastic, yeah. Um, on top of that. Um, even if we didn't have people listening in those places, they're still our brothers and sisters, especially the ones who are in Christ with us. So keeping everybody in your prayers, um, especially at the moment with all the wildness going on. And Ukraine, too. It's just been going on so long, you kind of start to forget about it. But, yeah. 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 So shout out, shout out to um, the Marumbo family uh, for doing church at home and uh, reaching out for help. Uh, but then also just love and prayers to the people who are listening in war-torn areas at the moment. Um, also, a shout-out to Ron and Debbie from Milwaukee. They bought us a cup of coffee this week. Uh, we call it a cup of coffee donation because for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help support the ministry we're doing here with young men. If you'd like to help or support, if you'd like to help support or fund the work we do here at Gird Up, go to www.girdup.com. Select buy us a cup of coffee in a main menu and make your donation there it's amazing that i wrote that and i've read it like four dozen times and, and i still I can't sw- get it right i swear every time you do it too you always stumble I mess over it the up exact somehow. Same just reword it <laughs> <laughs> just rewrite it i guess i don't know all right manly quote of the week mr ain rand said you can make <laughs> there you go there he goes again mr ain rand said you can fake virtue for an audience you can't fake it in your own eyes once again you can fake virtue for an audience you can't fake it in your own eyes is it true yes very true uh when i first read this i was i immediately went back to sort of my younger days back in high school and college and whatever i noticed there was a lot of time i had a lot of stuff going on and a lot of the times i just wanted to try and hide it mm-hmm. and so like i would go to class and i'd go to social gatherings and whatever and i'd be this outgoing happy guy and then when i get back to my room at night i would just break down <laughs> and i'd be like this isn't good but i had i didn't know what to do or know what else to do how to handle it so i relate very much to this quote yeah i think it's it's really easy and you know you call it virtue or call it whatever you want to there's every every single thing that you put on a face for for everybody else i think of particularly like your spirituality i mean how many times in a congregation have you stood up or you've been a you've been a son of that congregation your whole life and they say oh look at you you're just such you're just such a good christian like (laughs) i can't believe you're going to school to be a pastor look at it and i just think of like every terrible thing i've done in my life i'm like oh man you don't even know the half of the half of my life and i'm pretending to be this authority or pretending to be this moral high ground that people could look up to and so yeah i think and you know like you know exactly where you're standing in your own heart you can't lie to yourself you can ignore yourself but you can't really lie to to who you are on the inside yeah i immediately called to mind uh matthew 7 verse 5 remove the plank from your own eye yeah right um yeah we talked about in class the other day so i can't claim any of these thoughts are my own right a lot of times the application of that passage is the idea of like don't you dare judge me Mm -hmm. um the the real 
like the intended application is the measure by which you measure others will be applied to you, right? Or don't measure, maybe a better way to say it was um, don't employ a measure to others that you would not apply to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I kind of took it from the opposite direction. Obviously, we have a natural knowledge of sin. We all know that we're sinful, but then we kind of sit back and have a tendency to say, I'm not that bad or the comparison game starts to get played, yeah. right? I'm not yeah. as bad as so-and-so, or I'm a little bit better than than uh, than others. One of the things that came up in our reading what, last week or two weeks ago was we don't want to be the Sunday school teacher who finishes the lesson about the Pharisee and the tax yeah. collector by saying the prayer. And thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that Pharisee, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, the, it's, it's ironic, but we don't see the irony because we're actively living it out, right? Um, so the, the application is really I need to self-examine and recognize my own sinfulness, recognize my own need for a Savior, recognize my own need to be remade in my Savior's likeness. And once I've recognized that, it makes me a lot more likely to be compassionate and to empathize with the other sinners around me. Yeah. Joel, what do you think? Yeah, I uh, came to mind like just the last part that you can't hide from yourself. I think... You know, even for the the people who do go through life trying to lie to themselves for the longest time, uh, I just think eventually it does catch up to everyone that you you will have some some awakening of of oh man I you know I am lying to myself about <laughs> I'm not as virtuous yeah, yeah. as you know I might have thought I was. I think everyone kind of has that rude awakening eventually. You're a little close to your microphone, but you're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah perfect. Uh, th- during devotion this morning, or during Bible, we were recording this one on a Sunday. Uh, so during Bible study this morning, um, somebody brought up the idea that there's nobody's angrier with God than the people who claim that he doesn't exist, right? Right. They, they were talking about the angry atheist idea, is how is it possible to be that angry with somebody that you claim doesn't even exist? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess now I've lost my train of thought as to why that connects. Um, but... Oh yeah, even even if even if I don't recognize, even if I don't recognize any sort of moral authority, there's something written into each one of our hearts that says it isn't something's not right, right? Because um, even even those who deny that there is a God, deny universal um, morality, and even those who deny those types of things, um, have written in their hearts and minds and souls uh, that there is a law and there is a moral law that needs to be upheld. Uh, and so I, C.S. Lewis, I think, does the best example of explaining that that I've ever heard. But the idea of no matter what you believe, if somebody breaks into your house and steals your TV, <laughs> you're yep. going to say, this is wrong. Yeah. Right? Nobody, nobody, no matter what your moral code is, um, is going to sit there and go, well, I guess it's okay because right. they don't see it as wrong. So how yeah. am I to judge? In that moment, like when you're eating your lunch and somebody walks up and takes your sandwich... In that moment, you're not going, well, I know that there is no God, and therefore there is no morality, and therefore it's okay for you to take my lunch. Yeah. We have that instant reaction of, this is what's really going on in my heart. I do recognize that there is universal law, and that universal law says that this is wrong. So even those who would deny their sinfulness recognize it at some level. Yeah, and I think the further, <clears throat> the further you move up in any type of position of authority the more this becomes true. Like, 
you think about people like if you work a job and all of a sudden somebody gets promoted to a super to a supervisor role like that person can sit there and say now you need to do this because of safety and then they can think of every single time in their life they're like oh i definitely skipped over that <laughs> step or even when i was a summer camp counselor and i moved it into a more supervisor role and i'd had to i had to sit there and tell the kids like don't stay up till two o'clock in the morning hanging out with your friends thinking of every single time i had been up at three o'clock in the morning hanging out with my friends when i was supposed to be you know, sleeping and preparing myself for the next day. So, yeah, and and maybe it speaks to who we are as Christians, and you brought up a good point with taking the plank out of your own eye. Like, you have to own the fact that you are just as guilty of the thing you're accusing the person across from you of, of not following or not doing or being inappropriate in doing. So, yeah, and owning that fact, owning the fact that we are sinners. Yeah. So is that the part where like the manliness of this quote is, is recognizing that and not always playing it off and claiming that you don't have anything to hide. Essentially. Yeah. I'm, maybe that's the question is what is the application? Yeah. Right. What's the application? Why even bother to say this? We agree that it's true. Why does it matter? Well, I think that's hard to do. Uh, <clears throat> it's hard to admit especially things that you were wrong about. So I think that could be part of manliness. It's just the admitting that you were wrong part. Why is it important to admit that you're wrong? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's important for us as Christians. Um, it's looking, looking in the, ultimately looking in the, the mirror of God and being able to see your sin if you can't do that, then that's not virtuous at all. Right. Yeah, and I think it, it also speaks a little bit to what we're going to talk about in the in the section of the chapter that we were talking about uh, for our book today. Um, kind of being able to, he talks about it from the standpoint of emotions, and we'll get into it, but being able to recognize that those emotions are inside of you and recognizing that that uh, lack, of, the lack of virtue is inside of you understanding where it comes from and then being able to rule over it and not shove it into some dark part of your inner self that you don't want to deal with, but rather be okay with it and then learn how to govern yourself over it and to uh, apply it and, and then to use that and to apply it to a more beneficial use in the future. Yeah. yeah. We've been called as men to love the people around us well, right? So, I mean, what, what is the calling as a, as a Christian? Live justly, Love mercy, walk humbly with God, and if I'm going to do those things, or or, or maybe a better uh, better way to say it is Jesus' two commandments in the New Testament, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If I'm going to do those things, I can't sit back and be complacent with where I am, mm -hmm. and basically let my sanctification just kind of happen, or hope that it just kind of happens, right? As opposed to setting about my work faithfully as a man of God, being a steward of what I have been given, right? Um, tend my field, if you will, um, so that I can better serve both my Savior and the people that he has put around me. If I'm complacent, if I just sit back and go, meh, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yes, I've got flaws, who cares? Um, there comes a point where you're no longer being faithful and serving the people around you. Yeah. Right? Um, I think, and the reason that's important is Romans chapter 7 pretty much this is, this is a paraphrase, not a direct quote, but pretty much says, if you don't have good works, then you don't have faith. Actually, Jude says this too, but if you don't have good works, you don't have faith, because good works is living by the Spirit. 
If the Spirit is living in you, it will guide you. Right? You, it will be your master. If you are not mastered by the Spirit, then the Spirit is not in you, and you do not actually have faith. Um, so if you are a Christian who professes to love his Heavenly Father and trust his Savior for eternity, um, then you will bear the consequences in your life, which will be the fruits of the Spirit, um, which you cannot have if you are complacently sitting back and just hoping something good happens. So. Yeah, and, and ultimately, like, we can... The idea of looking yourself in the mirror and looking yourself in the eye and knowing that you're not virtuous, like, yeah, that, that's a fair assessment. But you can immediately, as a Christian, point back to the one who does make you virtuous. You can point back to Christ and say, I might not be a good person on my own. In fact, I can't do anything good by myself. But the fact that I can point to my Savior and say, he's the one that allows me to look myself in the eye and say, I'm not good on my own, but he makes me good. Love it. Absolutely. All right. Moving on then to our chapter from Philip Carey's book, Good News for Anxious Christians. This chapter, uh, chapter 6, right? I didn't write the number on the sheet. <laughs> chapter, yeah. six. chapter 6, why you don't have to worry about splitting head from heart. All right? Why you don't have to worry about splitting head from heart. By the way, if you'd like to follow along with us, we're going to do the whole book. It's 10 chapters. We're going to do it over 10 weeks. Um, and we're on week six right now. Yeah, if you'd like to read along with us, you can. we'll put a link to the book down in the show description below. Uh, but Kerry contends that it's not possible to actually separate my head from my heart. Do you, do you guys agree? Yeah, I had actually never heard this term before, separating your head from, a, from your heart. But I, under, I understand what he's getting at. And I think he makes a good point where he's talking about how the fact that like separating your head from your heart, kind of like separating what you're feeling from your rational mind is a dangerous thing because then all of a sudden your emotions, your your feelings just blindside you out of nowhere and then you react in a completely inappropriate way. Or so, they'll master you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they'll even worse, yeah, they'll take control of you completely. And so the idea of not separating those things, to me, it, it made sense in, in the way he was talking about it because we emotions aren't a negative thing they're not a bad thing to it's not a bad thing to feel it's not good to be completely rational all the time you want to understand why you're feeling that way because like he says in the book emotions and feelings and things like that are a reflection of the way we are naturally seeing the world around us yeah i think maybe i didn't think of this until just right now so maybe i'm (laughs) maybe i'm off base um but think about it might be what he's talking about might be that idea of like following your heart instead of your Instead of your rational mind, mm-hmm. right? What do you really want? What does your heart want as opposed to what does your brain want? Um, and those, the idea that those might be two different things. I agree. I haven't really, I mean, we all talked about this before. I, I've never really come across this as an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's more of an issue in other, you know, other church circles. Um, but even there, the idea that I separate my mind from my heart, um, yeah, it, it, it's not reasonable right to separate my mind from my heart so what okay connor you hit on the idea that um my my emotions serve a purpose Mm -hmm. right so god when god made me when he designed me when he knit me together he gave me emotions Um, what is the purpose of those emotions well i think in the book what he says in under the under the section that was called perspective feelings he says, uh, perspective feelings help us see the world for what it really is. And so when you try to rationalize everything around you, 
you're completely taking away this God-given gift of emotion and feeling. I mean, we just talked about this in Genesis uh, with Professor Tackmeyer. It's not that God wanted to create these robotic individuals that were just going to rationalize everything. No, he, he instills emotion and feeling inside of them so that they can feel things. They can understand what joy is. They can understand what love is and those kind of things. So, yeah, to try to separate those two is to completely cut off a gift from God inside yourself. Well, and on a negative side of things, when I'm frustrated, when I'm angry, when I'm upset, when I'm scared, when something isn't sitting right, I think maybe maybe that's more of the issue, too, is this idea of I'm feeling guilty, um, but just you got to separate my mind from my heart, mm-hmm. right? And so ignoring the idea that I do feel guilty, that something is bothering me about this, and saying, well... My head tells me it's okay for just put your heart down for a minute because it is okay. Um, maybe it's a justification issue, right? Mm. I, I, I think about, I think about um, some, uh, somebody recently from my, well, from, from a congregation I served at posted this big, long, this is about a year ago actually, posted this big, long thing about how, um, about how the church they grew up in should have to pay for their, um, pay for their counseling because they're um responsible yeah they're responsible for all of her like religious trauma or whatever and the things that she called out were the idea that my body doesn't belong to me that it belongs to god and my husband is a young woman it belongs to god and my husband um that um the my sexuality is wrong and she's naming all these different things right and the first thing that popped into my head is is i heard a campus pastor once talk about the idea that when he has a young person, especially a young college person, coming to him and saying, hey, I'm really struggling with my faith, the very first thing he asks them is, okay, who are you sleeping with? <laughs> Which is a little bit wild. Yeah. I don't think I'd have the boldness to say that. Um, but likely, it's probably a, a proper assessment, right? Even if it's not actively sleeping with, but who you who do you want to sleep with, right? right? Yeah. It and, and the assumption is that... Uh, what you want isn't lining up with what you know is right or wrong. And so instead of saying, I'm going to trust my emotions, I'm going to trust my conscience, instead you shove your emotion, you shove your conscience in the corner and say, well, rationally, I can come up with a reason for this to be okay. Yeah. And that's where a lot of these stories that you hear about you know, Christian tribe, and this is not to minimize um, what awful, terrible things some people have done in the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. There certainly are places where um, someone in the name of the gospel has caused, certainly caused trauma for those around them or treated these issues um, in the wrong way. So I'm not minimizing that at all. But a lot of what people, you know, people young people who leave the church and have quote-unquote trauma, uh, what it, usually what it really is is there's a disconnect between... Um, their mind and their heart, which is exactly what we're talking about. They know that what they're doing is, sorry, they feel that what they're doing is wrong. They react with guilt and therefore have anxiety mm-hmm. and uh, other issues because of it, like mental health issues or whatever because of it. And instead of saying, hey, maybe what I'm doing is wrong, they go, hey, I know what I'm doing is okay or I really want what I'm doing to be okay. And so instead of changing my behavior, repenting of my bad behavior, I'm going to 
switch it around and yeah. say you presented me with a bad moral idea. You're the reason why I'm feeling bad right, right. now. Right. Yeah. Because what I'm doing is totally okay. What the world tells me is what I'm doing is totally okay. And therefore, my bad feelings are because of you, not because God has designed me to feel bad about these things because it's not his design for my heart and my soul and my mind. Yeah. Hmm. I think the biggest confusion that comes along with this, where all those situations come from, is... People view their head and their heart as two completely de- separate things. Mm-hmm. And whereas your your heart is just an organ in your body, it in no way, like people say, oh, like he put his heart into it or he put his all into it, talking about their heart. Your heart is just a bodily organ. Your head is where you think, feel, understand emotion. It's where everything happens. So when, I think when Carrie was saying you don't have to worry about splitting your head from your heart, is because when you're talking about that, you're really only trying to split up what's all inside your head, inside that one space. Mm -hmm. And I think that just draws a lot of confusion to people when people tell that to them. Because how are they supposed to separate things when they're all together? What do you think? You think we're on the right track, Joel? I I almost was thinking about it in... uh... Maybe in the opposite way that you were thinking about it with the thinking and feeling. Uh, I was thinking maybe people acting more on impulse and not really thinking mm. of things is more of a more of a heart issue. When you say not really thinking of things, what do you mean? Like, instead of thinking something through, they will irrationally do something which um, makes them not think of their conscience which would be them thinking if they if their conscience was speaking to them i thought of that more as the thinking as opposed to someone irrationally doing something which is more of the heart yeah so kind of being a slave to their like desires instead of being a slave to their reason yeah if they like if they were thinking about it then they're they're they'd be listening their conscience more yeah should it be a balance between the two or should one dominate the other that's interesting. See, I guess I'm still, I, I guess I'm still a little confused because I, what Joel was saying about um, like motivations and your heart and everything. When I read this, I thought of it as your your head is where you do all the emotions processing, all the thinking processes. Every single process runs through your brain. Right. And then I thought, oh, like your heart is just your bodily organ. Right. And so which I, which is true, which yeah, which yeah. is true, but I guess just the way Joel phrased that, like, um, like it's coming from your heart, like nothing really comes from your heart. Yeah, it all comes from your head. But I think the guy, the author was just was talking about it as, like, people in the world kind of talk about your heart, like it's not necessarily yeah. the organ, but it's it's a like the deep feeling. Yeah, the seat of your emotion. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and in a very real way, you like you're too. I mean, you, we we talk about being right right brained or left brained, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're talking about is. Are you ruled by the emotion side of things or the analytical side of things, uh-huh. right? Okay. And so. Um, a lot of times we try and separate head from heart, assuming that they're two different functions, but they're designed to function together. Does that make sense? It makes more sense, yeah. Yeah. So instead of it, so instead of just sorting them out, we try and separate them and treat them as two different things. So like my, and we'll 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 try and juxtapose them against each other. So saying like, well, my head wants me to do this, but my heart wants me to do this. 
generally when you hear somebody say that, what's really going on is they know what they ought to do, but they would rather do something else. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Would you yeah. agree? Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree with it's that. It's usually a battle between what I should do versus what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we and instead of instead of just doing the thing we know we ought to do instead of the thing we want to do, we try and make it. Um, we try and take it out of the moral ground and try and put it in the emotional ground. And because if I if it's about emotion, then I can decide. If it's about morality, then there's a clear path laid out for me. And I don't have an excuse for my behavior. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I tend to think that rationale should maybe not dominate emotion, but I think he makes a good point on understanding, like, when you are in the height of your emotion, the best thing you can do is not ignore that emotion, but rather use your rationale in order to understand why you are feeling that emotion. So Maybe a better word would be govern, right? Sure, yeah. My govern, rational yeah. mind um, governs my emotions. Yeah, and I think he uses the analogy of, like, uh, parents and their children. And so the idea that, like, you don't ignore your children when they're acting up or when they're doing something you don't want them to do. Rather, you sit down and understand why are they doing the things they're doing, and then you govern them. You You get them in order so that all can be well inside the household and so it's not it's not that one is more dominant than the other but one of them is definitely going to be more analytical and more conscience driven but the other is just as valuable because they complete us as an individual you don't want to be a totally rational person because then you run the risk of completely falling away from the word of God and from from believing because then you start to use your own human reason to place it over what the Bible says Whereas sometimes when you're in the midst of a Bible study, the most powerful experience you can have is an emotional reaction to the Bible. And then you realize that I'm having this reaction because clearly the words of God are striking my heart right now and they're speaking to my conscience and I need to understand better why they're speaking to my conscience right now. Yeah. And maybe a good example of pulling the morality out of it and just understanding like on a surface level what he's talking about is um, you think about like the father of a bride speech at a wedding. Right, like we've all been to a couple where it was like, is he even like, is he even excited? Right, and then we've all been to a couple where it's like, bro, like, get it together, like take a deep breath, you got to get through this, right? Yeah, Uh, it should be, should be a healthy in the middle. If he's displaying absolutely no emotion at all, that's probably not healthy, right? But if we're all just standing there watching you cry for ten minutes, uh, it's okay to be emotional, but this is a little over the top, right? And so. Um, the appropriate, the appropriate, the most appropriate would be somewhere in the middle where you're demonstrating emotion, but you're also, you're, but you're governing that emotion and keeping it under control, um, at the appropriate times. And then when we, when we take that and apply it to the moral side of things, right? This is what I want to do. This is what the, uh, my sinful flesh wants to do. Um, this is what, I mean, this is what my impulse wants to do. But I can think reasonably about that and make good decisions. Yeah. And that's, I think, depending on the person, too, is going to vary on how easy it is. <laughs> oh, for sure. Someone, someone's yeah. tendencies. I just remember doing personality tests uh, in classes or just on my own. And something they always have on there is thinking versus feeling. Yeah. And how you tend to be one or the other or mm-hmm. maybe more in the middle where you have both. And everyone has different 
ranges on the scale sure. of how easy it is for them. So, yeah, it has to be both. But depending on your personality, could be a little difficult. For sure, for sure. Awesome. Love it. See, that's why we talk about these things. Is they're tough to tough to wrestle through sometimes. Mm-hmm. Awesome, love it, cool. Uh, like I said, if you'd like to read along, click the link down in the bio be- or the show notes below, and uh, you can buy a copy of it yourself so you can read along with us. Obscure Christian trivia today. All right, so I tried to come up with questions again that we could answer, but that would be challenging. Great. So is this just a got, review of our uh, Joel's, of our Joel is very test. smart, so he this should is, go four yeah. for four. Uh, there's only one of these that would be taught in church. No, two. Okay, there's one from the Bible, one from church history, two from the Bible. Ooh, one from Lutheran church history, one from Reformation history, one from church history, one from the Bible, and one from pop culture. You ready? Okay. All right. Here we go. Question number one. Which one of the following quotations is the first thesis statement Luther wanted to discuss? So which is the first of the 95 theses? Is it A, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance? Is it B, Christians should be exhorted to be diligent in following Christ their head through penalties, death, and hell? Is it C, we say, on the contrary, that papal indulgences cannot remove the very least of venial sins as far as guilt is concerned. Or is it D, no one is sure of the integrity of his own contrition, much less of having received plenary remission? So, A, uh, the Christian should live a life of repentance. Is it B, um, the Christian should be diligent in following Christ through penalties, death, and hell. Stop looking it up, Bryce. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> Is it C, that papal indulgences are crap? Is it D, <laughs> no one is sure of the integrity of his own contrition? C. I've, I've got to say A. Oh, I was going to say D. We were all over the place. Okay, so both of those are part of the 95 Theses. But only one of them is the first. So which would be the first? A. C. D. D. <laughs> B. No, but it's actually A. No, but it's C for sure. You know what? I'm going to trust Shaywee. It's going to be A. Okay, Bryce, just listen to letter C. Yep. We say on the contrary, which implies what? There's a... It's first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, A is correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's close. <laughs> some of us yeah. are one for one the first <laughs> some of us are the not first <laughs> the first of the 95 theses was when uh, the lord when our lord and master jesus christ said repent in matthew four seventeen, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance all right you two are one for one bryce is over <laughs> i all think right. that's a lie <laughs> <laughs> question number two which king of England repeatedly, when speaking of the Archbishop of Canterbury, lamented, Who will rid me of this troublesome priest? Is it A, Edward I, B, Henry VIII, C, Henry II, or D, Richard III? It's got to be B. No. <laughs> 
it's, it's B it's because he was trying to he was trying to marry a bunch of people and the Bishop of Canterbury was like, nope, that ain't happening. Oh, it's definitely Henry. That's what I said. That's Henry the no, Henry the Second. Uh, A Henry the First. B Henry the Eighth. C Henry the Second. D Richard the Third. Henry the Eighth. That's one of the Henrys. I'll go with Connor here. All right. Yeah, we'll say Henry the Eighth. All right, Bryce is batting 500, and so are you guys. <laughs> what did King Henry VIII do? Henry VIII was the... That's 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 uh, the Band of Brothers speech and uh, St. Crispin's Day and all that. That's Henry VIII. Right. Henry II. Oh! Henry II was the one who killed his best right, friend, yeah, 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 who yeah. was the Archbishop of Canterbury. All right, that's my bad. So he made I... he was best friends with a priest... Who he thought he'd be able to control, okay. so he made him the Archbishop of Canterbury, and then he ended up. And yeah. then the priest had a mind of his own, and so he killed him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, All right, everybody's right. batting five hundred right now. Bryce has vindicated <laughs> to to some degree. Yes. Here we go. No, there's no multiple choice on this one. Okay, this is your Bible one. The followers of the resurrected and ascended Jesus were first called Christians in Antioch. What was the message of the resurrection called before this? The way. The truth. <laughs> Should we just throw the life out there in case? Yeah. <laughs> I would say I would say the way. Yeah. Yeah, the way sounds good. That is correct. Yeah. Oh, All right. Because we just everybody's two yeah, for we three. Just, yeah, we just we did just translate it. it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, X. People right. like belonging to the way. I like yep. people of the way. Yep. 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 Okay. Now, question number four. This one's pop culture. Oh, this is going to be a music We're going to find it, it is a music uh, one. You. Skillet. <laughs> <laughs> right genre. You're in the right genre. Creed. All right. Mm-hmm. Here we go. <laughs> By the way, all of these options are actual band names, which I love. Okay. I love it. It's good okay. Know. Question number four. Which Christian rock band, whose 1986 album, To Hell with the Devil, achieved platinum status, also making history when it notched two songs simultaneously in MTV's Top 10 with Free and Honestly? So which Christian rock band, whose 1986 album, To Hell with the Devil, achieved platinum status, also made history when it notched two songs simultaneously in MTV's Top 10 with Free and Honestly. Any guesses first before I read the options? No, read the options. All right. (laughs) Number A. Number A. Letter A. Here we go. David and the Giants. Hmm. B. Striper. C. Leviticus. Or D. X. Center. And the X is just the letter X. X dash center. <laughs> so which one had two hit songs on MTV's top ten at the same time? What was B again? David and the Giants, Striper, Leviticus, or X Center. And those are all real 80s rock bands. I feel like David and the Giants is the, is an older band. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Striper. Yeah, on this that's kind of what I was thinking too, Striper. But yeah, Joel, I'll, you want to weigh in? I I would probably, on account of uh, having another answer, and because of a cool name, I'll say X Center. I'm gonna say X Center. 
X center. Yeah. Still still works. You know what? I'm gonna stick with David and the Giants. You can be striper. I'm going striper. Striper is correct. Oh, yes. So Bryce wins it. Yeah. And they wore like striped jumpsuits and everything. Oh, that's amazing. And they got their name. They got their name from the uh King James version where it says, By his stripes we are healed. Oh, and their name was cool. Striper. Yeah. Cool, cool, They're cool. a big deal. You should look them up. They're they're wild. Wait, so Charlie, who won? Who won that? Uh, Bryce yep. wins today. Mm-hmm. The first time we've ever had a single person win. That's amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we always end up working together. All right. Yeah, Bryce wins. Bryce, you can hold that up there as the. Uh, you'd be proud of it. We should give him a trophy. Uh, here, give him that candle. <laughs> it's a homemade candle I made like two years ago. Leftover bacon grease. No, I did make vodka, bacon flavored vodka one year. Hey, there we go. Bacon flavored vodka for my sister for for Christmas, out of old. I know it's terrible, isn't it? There's a reason that one hasn't hasn't been burned yet. Smells like my laundry before I wash it. It's so bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I made I made bacon flavored vodka for Laura for her Christmas to make. Nice. Um, oh, Bloody Marys with. I never. I don't know. I don't know how it turned out, but. It smells like bacon. Okay. <laughs> top three today. We're going on theme. Um, top three autumn dates. <clears throat> fall. Uh, fall dates. Fall dates. You don't like autumn? I don't like autumn. Why don't you like autumn? Autumn's the name of the season. It's too many syllables. It's two syllables. That's it's autumn. Yeah, but yeah, listen. Fall. Leaves fall down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fall's a verb. Fall is fall is something you fall do. Fall is the season is right the season. after summer and before winter. Summer, autumn, winter. What does autumn even do? Spring. Autumn is like autumn is a noun. Autumn sounds not like a, verb. a car. Autumn sounds like a Japanese mm, car the, company. The what? Yeah. No, autumn sounds like the season that comes between summer and winter. No. <laughs> oh autumn is like a pre-fall. Like it's like Ooh. two weeks before Ooh. fall starts. So is it autumn right now? Right. No. Now we're it's fall. in the middle of fall. <laughs> Dang yeah. it. No. <sighs> All right, so fall date ideas. Besides besides going to an apple orchard. Because if you follow Connor on Instagram. Oh, my goodness. Okay. No, because that's still <laughs> going to be my number one. The, okay, my number here's three. my issue, Connor. Yeah, okay. Here's okay, my issue. Go on with your okay. issue, then. <laughs> go on here's with my, your issue. First of, all, first of all, going to an apple orchard is not a great date. Okay. All you do date. is you want. It wasn't a date. It was a good date. Oh, it was a good date. What made it good? Uh, because we got to be together. Uh, okay. I got so to spend money it, on her. So, so, mm, mm-hmm. Spend money on what? On my girlfriend when we on apples. No, 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 on apples that you yeah. could have just bought from the store. Yes, but it's about the quality time you get to spend with the individual, not Which about going to the store. Which tells me, so if the best thing about the date was the person you're with, mm-hmm. ooh, this is going to make me sound terrible. <laughs> what I was going to say, and I'm not sure I believe it, is if, if, if the best thing about about the date is the person you're with and not the date itself, then it's the person that was great, not the date. If you back a pickup truck into a field somewhere and watch the stars together, is it about watching the stars or is it about spending time with that individual out in a field somewhere watching stars together? Okay, but I didn't I, pay for overpriced apples and roll my ankle walking down the that's field. That's fair, but still paid for the gas, which under this economy, <laughs> <laughs> to drive okay, an F-150 out issue. into the woods is more here's, expensive. Okay, so I'm going to attach a rider to this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you When you tell us... When you tell us what your top three are, you also have to tell us what your Instagram caption is going to be. Oh. <laughs> what your Instagram pa- caption is going to be on oh, a picture say, you I will take say this wholeheartedly. on right. your... I will go first on this one because Charlie has been roasting me relentlessly <laughs> for this the last time. I went to an apple orchard with my girlfriend uh, last weekend. 
We did apple picking. We took pictures. We did all the cutesy things. I posted them on Instagram and on Facebook where I said, picked the best one. Which in an it's apple so orchard, cringy. it's, it's you know so what? Dumb. You call it cringy all day you want to, but oh I hear it. I hear it from the stands of the single men. Okay, so that's where I'm at. Like, oh, I'm, you throw some shade. Oh, oh, I'll throw huh? the shade all day. Oh my because, goodness! Because when you're happy with somebody, it doesn't matter what other people think about mm. your relationship, Facts. as long as it, I'm not saying your relationship's <laughs> bad. I'm saying your <laughs> caption is terrible. Oh my goodness! It's, it, was uh, a good, it was a good caption. All right, is that going to be your number one going to the apple that, orchard? That'll be number three. Number three. Yeah. All right, Bryce, what you got? So my number good three. Good autumn dates. Good. F- my. <laughs> no, my. <laughs> My uh, number three is going to a winery. Ooh. Yeah. What would your caption be there? My caption would be drinking all this fancy wine. But man, my girl looks fine. Okay. okay. Now you want to talk about cringe. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's good. That's pretty good for on the spot. Orchard. That is pretty good for on the spot. Yeah. My yeah. Goodness. Yeah. He, he, he let his... Heart lead him on that one, not yeah. his mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the mercy laugh. Okay. Um, do you have a orchard, specific orchard in mind, or not orchard? <laughs> You're so stuck on it. <laughs> Dang it. Do you have a certain winery in mind? Like, do you have a favorite one to go to? Or? Yeah, probably one that has good wine. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, probably one of those. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Yep. Well, up in New Ulm, I would. Uh, one, my favorite spot was Chancasca Winery outside of St. Peter. It's about forty-five minutes from New Ulm. Really good wine. Uh, open all year round, uh, and uh, so in the winter time you can go snowshoeing and stuff out in the orchards. Not orchards. Dang it! In the vineyard, um, and uh, in the summertime it's just big, beautiful patio spaces, and they have firebrick pizza and all that. You could. You, your Instagram post could be. This is the only thing I don't have to whine about on this trip. Ah, ah, see, this is why I don't do much right. social Mo- media. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My my number three uh, is a foliage drive. A foliage drive. So you drive around, you look at the, the fall leaves, listen to music, oh, okay. drive around, look at the fall colors. It's a general term as well, giving you yeah. lots of options for foliage. Yeah. 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 Wait, what? Just like I thought any... it was innuendo for a second. No. <laughs> <laughs> No. Sorry, plants. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you could actually. That's uh, that's another one of my favorites. Is like an arboretum or something. Yeah, that would be cool. Okay, yeah. follow your rules now. Um, please don't leave me. Leave me. Leaf please me. don't leave me. Yeah. yeah. Let's take a selfie together and say she'll she'll never leave me. Or Joel, what do you got? Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Still better than yours, Connor. <laughs> um, number three would be a corn maze. Ooh. Perhaps at night to yeah. make it a little spooky. Yeah. Uh, Instagram caption could be something like, you are amazing, or something uh, with maze in it. See, none of us are good at this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, my number two is pumpkin carving. Uh, okay, Instagram post. What would I, what would I put under the Instagram? Uh, oh, man, that's hard. Um Carving out quality time with the lady. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. I wouldn't make fun of that one at all. I would like that. Like I would actually like that. Mine was also pumpkin carving. Um, you have to come up with a better caption now. Oh man. Well, some of the girls I've dated, it should be. Never mind. Oh no! No! Nope. Oh nope. no! Can't believe I trusted her with a knife. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> um, you know what you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that poor pumpkin. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I'd say. That okay. poor pumpkin. Okay. Yeah. That poor pumpkin. I guess my number two would be raking leaves. That's because you can like put them into a big well, pile okay, and then yeah. push her into the pile and yeah you can yeah. do it at like some little old lady's house or something too like make it a charitable thing yeah, yeah. push a little yeah, old lady into oh that's no, what you mean <laughs> and um the caption take a little old lady on a date hey there you go yeah. the caption would be because it's fall all these leaves we are raking but your heart i will never be breaking well, a little poetry a little in there. okay yeah. I, <laughs> I love it I no, love you it. don't. <laughs> I really, really want you to use that. <laughs> I really, really want you to use that on a post. Joel, what you got? Um, well, I had pumpkin carving in mind. I could supplement maybe pumpkin patch. Mm. That might mm-hmm. be more of like a preschool field trip thing. But I think girls are really into pumpkins. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they have a little photo shoot and stuff. Yeah. Girls are definitely into pumpkins. There could be a... You could do like a whole pumpkin theme. So you could do... Like you could stop and get pumpkin spice lattes mm-hmm. and then drive out there and be like, wear something cute and take a picture and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Ooh. Could be like a like a hayride too, maybe out there. Yeah. I don't know. Sweet. I like that. I like that. Uh, what would your caption be? Oh. Pick the best one. <laughs> <laughs> you can go, hey there. Yeah. Could maybe be... Hey uh, there, beautiful. Maybe with, be with like... Hay. You know, like Aren't you like, glad you're with me? Oh my goodness. <laughs> you're my pumpkin. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Pumpkin standing out in a field of pumpkins. You know? uh, okay, my number one. Man, I was going to say uh, like an Oktoberfest beer crawl. Pub I didn't crawl. Even think about that. That's uh, a great but idea. But I can't think of a good, I can't think of like a good caption to go along with that. My other one was going to be deer hunting, like bow season. <laughs> so beer, not beer hunting, deer hunting. They're kind of you could you could use beer hunting yeah. for the beer crawl. Oh, that's that's yeah. actually not bad. That's yeah. a great idea. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, go to an Oktoberfest celebration. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a good that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. See, I have good ideas. How did I not think of that? Mm-hmm. Caption now. Uh, caption <laughs> for deer hunting would be shooting my shot with this doe. Oh, yeah, I like it. I like it. What about beer garden or, oh, or Oktoberfest? Um, man, that, that's what I was having difficulty with. Was thinking of a good one for it. Uh, I don't know. Let me think about it and come back to me. I you think got that, 99 problems, but beers ain't one. Ooh, that's not yeah. one. That's not that one. I think this is the first time that someone has had the same answer as me in a top three because my number one was hunting, also. Oh. <laughs> And just because, you know, you get a little peace and quiet then. Yeah, you know, theoretically. You, you just go sit there. Peace, quietness. Don't have to listen to her so, talk or anything. So you're taking her on a date where you don't have to listen to her. Correct. <laughs> That's what you're saying. It's about the time you get to spend with the individual, <laughs> yeah. Charlie. And my... I'm intentionally planning this date because I find you annoying is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and... My caption I thought of might be a little controversial, so I put a disclaimer on this one. <laughs> it is uh, mm. nothing like taking a life with my honey. We That's are bad at Because you like, because you like, kill, you kill a deer, you know, and then you uh, taking a life with my honey. What's the honey from? 
that's my that's the girl sitting next to me. So you could have called her anything, but why'd you pick honey? I don't, it just would you want me to say my with my babes with my babes <laughs> or no with my babe singular with my babes. <laughs> <laughs> he's got multiple. He's like I really tried to fill these tags. I got <laughs> it's babe and in parentheses s. I got one in this. De- I got one in the deer stand down the way. I got one on the edge <laughs> of the ravine. Yeah. We got this whole area covered. <laughs> Oh man! All right, my third, my third was a bonfire. Oh, mm. yep. Get a blanket, bonfire, make s'mores or like a weenie roast or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like either put down a bottle of wine or we really enjoyed last year. Uh, we really enjoyed uh, um, hot chocolate with fireball in it. it phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. yeah, actually, uh, Costia made that old yeah. wine too, or whatever that was. Yeah. That was also delicious, like hot spiced wine. That was delicious. Just do something like that, yeah. Mm. Um, you could do either getting lit, mm. yeah, or uh, setting my heart on fire. Why did you say <laughs> it like that? Because it's cheesy and stupid and dumb. Okay. That's why. So we should quantify here. The only reason Charlie is roasting me so hard on my Instagram post is because I threw shade at him on his post where he had a, a video of him uh, tying ties on Instagram. Okay, first of all, and it's all I sped said... up to like five times speed. If you look at my mouth, you can tell yeah, that it's yeah, yeah, sped yeah. up. And all I said underneath that post was that room's that room looks suspiciously clean. Because like, and then like three people right, yeah. commented, yeah, that is yeah, true. Yeah. I am mad at you for that. <laughs> yeah, I am mad at you for that. That was that was uh, that's dirty. That's dirty. I've been your roommate for like six weeks now. Uh, we clean. Dirty. We clean. We do. We do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, did you have a number three? I uh, number one. Yeah. What came to mind for me, which no one else said, and maybe is a little boring, but. I would quite enjoy it would just be being inside in a warm room <laughs> with like a like a scary movie on Ooh, under yeah. a blanket mm-hmm. with some popcorn and some hot chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Quality time. And I don't know if you really make an Instagram post about hanging out and watching a movie, but you could do a cutesy little like if you guys had like matching you could Halloween literally just say, on or something. Yeah. You could literally just say, "I can't believe I'm making a Facebook or an Instagram post about watching a movie with a girl." Yeah, mm. yeah. Or, or spending time with my boo and have <laughs> yeah. that little ghost face there next to go. it. I got a million of these. There just not go. for the pub crawl. I got nothing for that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty hot chocolate. So the no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so no. the, this week in church. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 through 9. Uh, shout out to Josh Rachi for making us use the ESV. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow. Do you say that marrow or marrow? I say marrow. marrow. It's like bone marrow, yeah. Marrow. Um, of aged wine, well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord, and we have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. That'd be kind of an awesome date, 
actually. Up on a mountain with rich food, well-aged wine. Yeah. That'd be a great date. During fall. During the fall season, yeah. Mm -hmm. You could be chilling with the big guy. (laughs) Well... (laughs) He's looking at you, Connor. Get me out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is just a, a beautiful depiction of the final day and what we get to look forward to afterward. I mean, I've never really under I when I was younger, I never really understood why heaven was always depicted as this this feast, this banquet hall, this moment. And then as I got older and I actually started going to weddings and stuff like that, I realized like it's the most joyous decay and most joyous <laughs> joyous occasion you can participate in because everyone's happy the food is always good and everyone there loves seeing you there and is happy to be there and that's exactly what heaven is depicted as this moment of these eternal moment of happiness and and unending joy and so yeah i think it's, it's a beautiful description of that my my verse of focus here is uh, verse eight um, he will swallow up death forever. Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And when I think when I think about that, the wedding banquet and sort of what heaven will be like, that verse right there, it always it always the image in my head is I won't be sad about things that happen here on earth. Like, um, when you lose a family member, they're up in heaven. We're down here mourning, sorrowing, being sad that they're gone. They're up in heaven, and they are, it kind of sounds bad to say, but they're not sad at all. They're not missing you at all, because they're with their God. And on Judgment Day, when we're all up in heaven too, we're not going to miss anybody, anything that happened down here on this earth whatsoever. The Lord has spoken. Yeah. That's how it's going to be. Yeah, I like the finality in that mm-hmm. verse. That that seal of, this is what I'm saying, and you can take that to the bank. Well, the reproach of his people, too, right? Like, we bear, we don't think about it often, I don't think, but we bear in our bodies and on our souls um, the consequences for the wicked we have done, right? And by the grace of God, we won't face eternal judgment for that, but we do certainly bear the consequences and the scars of both the wicked that we've done and the wicked that's been done by those around us, right? And um, I don't think we often think about that idea that we're living out the consequences of the wicked things that we've done. And you can very much see that as God's reproach of his people. Um, But that heavy hand in eternity is lifted. And um, oftentimes it gets characterized in Scripture as no more weeping or gnashing of teeth no more tears right no more crying um but even just like the weight of the burdens that we carry um, jesus says my yoke is easy and my burden is light like it'll be nothing but joy to ter- carry that burden once we're on the other side yeah. right now man it's, <laughs> the it's, burdens it's are, are burdens <laughs> they are burdensome um and they're heavy to carry in the best of days they're heavy to carry like in our best relationships, in our easiest moments, they're heavy to carry. Um, on the other side, once judgment has happened, then they will not be burdensome whatsoever. They will only ever be a joy. Yeah, 
And the best part, you know, why do you why do you enjoy weddings so much? Um, like Connor said, the food's great, company's great. Uh, maybe they have a couple free free drinks at the bar. That's great. <laughs> but uh, the real reason everyone's there is for the the bride and the groom. Mm-hmm. And so the best part about the the heavenly banquet is you will be there, and you'll be there with your God, and you'll be there forever. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to be patient. Oh yeah, too, it is. Right. Um, for, I don't know about you guys, but personally, I certainly have days where I'm just sitting back, going like, "How long are we going to do this?" <laughs> I've definitely had a few days where I'm. I, I a lot of times it happens like in the car as I'm leaving someplace. I just go like, "Lord, please just take me home." Yeah. Like, what? I don't want to do this anymore. Like, it's so hard to be like having the hope. And being confident in the hope doesn't always make it easier to be patient either. Yeah. Um, recognizing that what's next will be blessed and good um, doesn't always make waiting easier either. And personally, I think I get really, really impatient um, thinking basically like what what good is going to come. We get some momentary goods and get a little bit of peace from now and then and things. Um, and that's an exaggeration of how like we get wonderful blessings from our Heavenly Father. Uh, but in those darker moments, it kind of feels like, yeah, basically, how how long are we going to do this? Yep. Uh, and the mm-hmm. encouragement in the last couple of verses, though, is like, look, this is the Lord that we've been waiting for, um, and the waiting will be absolutely worthwhile. Yep. It'll have been worth every moment. Right, all the things that we had to wait through, all the crap we had to wade through um, to get there, it will absolutely be worthwhile in the end. That's an encouragement I think I need more often than I probably should. But Good things come to those who wait. Yeah. And the best of things mm-hmm. come to those who wait on the Lord. Awesome. Coolio, any last words on anything before we uh, close this thing out? The Lord has spoken. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Like, for a second, I thought you were referring to yourself. And no. I was like, what? <laughs> no. Why? No. We're just... <laughs> are we... you saying that like your words are the words of the Lord? No, no I'm saying the Lord. <laughs> no, okay. All right. Every time Bryce speaks, it's the Lord of God. He's it... basically the Pope. You know, I would really enjoy that if it weren't for the fact that that is so wrong <laughs> on so many levels. <laughs> I would hate to be the Pope. <laughs> I hope you get to be the Pope here at the seminary sometime. Yeah. I'm rooting for you not to get married between now and then just so you can be the Pope. You know, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> to get married or not to get married? I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> but he's going he's to do it real well. Whatever he does, though, he does well. Yeah. Awesome. All right, uh, Joel, where can we find you online? Um, I, I don't know. Do you Actually, have a Facebook or an Instagram you're willing to share? I, I do have an Instagram. I think I have a Facebook. I don't really go on it. Uh, I think my Instagram is like Joel underscore Shavey 13. Um, I think something like that. We'll link it down below. Yeah. Whatever it is. We'll figure it out and link it down below. Awesome. Connor. Yeah. So if you want to look at Sorry, we didn't prep Joel for that at all. (laughs) It just came out of nowhere. Go ahead, Connor. If you want to look at the best applicable uh, fall themed Instagram post, you can find it at (laughs) Connor.Burger at Instagram. 
And I'm also on Facebook. Connor.Herder, wow, you picked a good one. Listen, I didn't know I was going to be a public figure that had to have my name out there. <laughs> you were a public figure when you posted that. Though. That's fair enough. That's fair <laughs> enough. Uh, and I'm also at uh, Facebook at Connor Herder. Yeah. My Instagram is Bruce.Goose4. And then my email is Goosey, G-U-S-E dot Bryce, B-R-I-C-E, at yahoo.com. You can find uh, the Gerda website at www.gerdaministries.com. You can find me at on Instagram at uh, gerdup underscore b underscore a underscore man. You can find me on Facebook as Charlie Ungemach. I think that's all we got. Awesome. Uh, God bless you all. Go be the man God created you to be, and we will talk to you next week. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.